You're listening to an all-new episode of Off the Rails with Sloppy Yellow. Views and opinions expressed here reflect hardcore fan perspectives and sometimes might be factual. Be advised, this podcast may contain adult language. Well, Billy Bradley's son, we went to Talladega, Alabama. Talladega is the time where I first met Billy Bradley, y'all. Billy Bradley and I were supposed to meet up on a Saturday afternoon, and the last text I got from Billy Bradley Saturday, actually supposed to meet up Saturday night, I think at the dirt track um, or something, and and last text I got was, having a few drinks, we'll see you at the dirt track, I'll text you later. And I didn't see that son of a bitch again until right before the national anthem at the at the cup race on Sunday. <laughs> oh, Billy Bradley got into some more extreme sickle moonshine, Rob Lopes. And uh, oh boy. between the uh, the heat That'll and the sun and the and the walk back from uh, the speedway to wherever Billy was camping, uh, that son of a bitch didn't see nightfall. I don't. Believe. Billy, what time did you go to bed that night? And be honest with us, because we're gonna find out. I don't know. I went to bed early in that afternoon. It wasn't like I woke up early in the race morning Sunday. I was ready to go about 3 a.m., but I couldn't remember what time I went to bed. It was early. Yeah, I knew I know the sun was up for sure, um, but uh, old, old Billy Bradley decided to have a one-man party, and, uh, you know, that happens a lot at Talladega, and I don't know if it happened too much this time because there wasn't a whole lot of fans there, but there were fans there. Um, our buddy and longtime um, listener, Patrick Everett, got to go. Uh, he had a, a great time. He's a, a veteran. He's home now. He's got four kids. What a what a hell of a uh, of a of a of a thing to get to go do. Even though it did get rained out, um, it did get rained out for Billy Bradley. I thought the Talladega race was an absolute great race. I loved it from the the drop of the green flag to and how could you not like the checkered flag, Billy? But it had passing. It had strategy. Uh, we saw guys hanging out in the back. Um, and Kevin Harvick, I was watching him because he likes to move up and back into the field. He raced all the way up there to, you know, second, uh, third, fourth, and he'd go back into the 20s. And then he'd come back up depending on what part we were on the stage. I just, I thought it was fantastic, Billy Bradley. There's not one thing that I, I didn't like about it, to be honest with you. What, what would, I mean, is there, what was wrong with this race in your opinion, Billy? I didn't see anything wrong with the the on-track product, you know. We've said that quite often this year. It's just, I mean, Talladega was one of the best races. I mean, it's all-time, probably top three Talladega races for me. I mean, you know, like you said, you had guys waiting in the back of the pack to strategies, and then you had the fuel mileage there at the end. People were running out of gas. It was yeah. it was an amazing race. Strategy all over the board. I mean, I, I strategy all over the board. Denny Hamlin got caught. Um, could have been could have been a bad situation. End up making it up. I just I mean from from sitting at home and watching it, there there we've seen some Talladega races where they weren't as as exciting. I mean, they they did a big old parade line around there for about a hundred laps um, uh, yeah. ten years ago. I don't ago think or so. you saw that one time. No, Monday. there was. There was no, I mean, it was more three wide than it was two wide, um, uh, for sure. And there was four wide, uh, a hell of a lot going on down there. Super, super fun race. Um, and, and, and what was funny is, Billy, you had picked the Roush Fenway boys uh, for your, <laughs> your winner and your dark horse. And about, I don't know, 15, 18 laps ago or something like that, I tweeted, I was like, because um, I hadn't been paying attention, I tweeted, 
hey, what's Ryan Newman doing back there? Is he having trouble or is he running his race? And, I, I, shit, I got 10 or 15 replies. Uh, Ryan Newman's just being Ryan Newman. There's nothing wrong. And with, with just a few laps to go, you sent me a picture, Billy, that showed um, the 17 and and Ryan and, and, and the 6, both in the top 10. And you're like, hey, sloppy yo, I got your ass. Um, and I was like, holy shit, where did this come from? Came out of nowhere. Uh, Rob Lobes, uh, it's, it's got to be yeah. uh, fun to sit there and to know you got a plan and to watch your driver execute that plan. And and I, I, I got to tell you, from from – the few times that I watched Ryan Newman run around the track, uh, you know, before the last stage, I didn't see any hesitation. I didn't see any, uh, oh, shit, we're in one of these cars. I didn't see anything like that. It looked to me from the outside looking in that y'all had a plan. Ryan Newman did that plan damn near to perfection. And it it looked like everything went almost – up until the last couple laps, uh, it went almost exactly as how you guys wanted it. It was it was that the case, or or did this just kind of happen? No, uh, we ran we ran our race. We ran our plan. As a matter of fact, he was chilling around the back back of the pack. He was going to make sure he didn't lose touch with the lead pack. And as a matter of fact, like and we stuck with that to the point where. Um, when cautions came out and it was time to pit, the 78, or 78, sorry, the 19 was in front of us and the 48 was behind us. Well, as the, as the race worked out, we were, the, the 48's running up front, the 19's running behind us. So if we were to pit, we'd have to go around the 48, the 19 have to come around us. So we wanted to be in the back anyway, and mm-hmm. so we just kept pitting second time by with the lap cars. Yeah. So we wouldn't jam up the 48, wouldn't put ourselves mm-hmm. in a bind. Yeah. There's less cars on pit road, and we did that all afternoon. And mm-hmm. uh, no, come the end uh, of the race, he asked. He asked. Well, and, and we weren't the only ones. I think the four did it a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw a few cars that were running up front to decide, hey, you know what, we're going to start in the back, and we'll work our way up. We'll see how it goes on these restarts. Yeah. And – the plan was working out well, and he asked, where are we running? 25th. How many laps to go? 30 or something like that. Uh-huh. Okay. And it was like, how many laps down? 15. Okay. And then the next thing you know, he's off to the, he's off to the front. I'm like, all right, yeah. I guess it's time to go racing. Yeah, that's about and the time I saw him. He went from like 15th to 7th in like four damn laps or some shit. Or or, or yeah, twenty crazy. something. To, I mean, I was like, "Holy shit! I guess we're going." It was crazy. He was in he was in full control of everything, and then uh, we played. It turned into what we thought was going to be a fuel mileage thing. Well, it turned into a fuel mileage thing for us, but yeah. Um, but we had heard, oh, you know, leaders are leaders are three short. Yeah, we're a lap to the good. Blah 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 blah. And then, you know, a bunch of guys stayed out on that one caution, and some guys came in and got fuel, and we stayed out at that last caution that went into overtime. And all of a sudden, he's he's on the, you know, there's a few cars just riding the apron, you know, keep their cars flat. And he goes, losing fuel pressure. We're like, what? Yeah. Losing fuel pressure. Okay. He goes, it ain't coming back. And we're like, 
Did somebody forget to carry the one? I mean, what happened? Yeah. How do we yeah. How do we miss this? Uh, you know, well, what what it turned out was that uh, sometimes on those uh, you'll get an air pocket when you get really low on fuel on occasion. Oh shit! And it shows the fuel pressure, you know, goes down. And the thing with the cable drive fuel pump, it takes a little longer for it to recover. Gotcha. And it turns out as soon as he he went back up on the bank and came back down, yeah, it's not coming back. And he's like, all right, you got to bring it to us. And they were coming to the green. Yep. And uh, we were like, well, our day's over. Yeah. And as soon as he hit pit road, like, and we didn't know this till the till we looked at the data, till everybody looked at the data when we got home, that yes, the fuel pressure went down, it stayed down. And then as soon as he hit pit road and slowed back down and took the draw off of it and everything and got yeah. things, it just took a little longer to, for it to happen. The fuel pressure came out. back and, but you know, now you're on pit road. It don't matter. Yeah. Well, you know, what's funny, Rob is, is I, I had no idea when I saw him hit pit road, right. I mean, I think he was in seventh, Billy. Um, yeah. We were heartbroken. Right before, we were heartbroken. Right before the green flag, he comes down pit road and it looked like, he might have been shaking it back and forth, but hell, that might have been where it might have been picking up again right there when I saw it. Right. I saw him shaking it back and forth. I yep. didn't realize that was the case. So, do you, do you are you saying that you, if it wasn't for that air pocket when you got low, you might have had enough fuel to make it? Oh yeah, they we had it figured. I, I say we because it's a team. Yeah. We had it figured. Uh, we've got one green white checker. You know, one overtime oh, shit worth of fuel in there. Like, if it were to go to two overtimes, we were going to have to come get gas. You're going to have to come in, yeah. 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 And then we were like, oh, man, you know, when when he said we're out, we're out, we're like, all right, how do we screw this math up? Well, after looking at the data, you did. found out that you the had an air wasn't pocket. screwed up, and and then there was an air pocket in there. We weighed the, you know, they weighed the fuel when the car got home. Yeah. Everything. Damn you man. know, everybody covered bases, and it was like, okay, it's just a fluke thing. It wasn't wasn't meant to be. Well, from this side, yeah, and you'll from, have that, you know. You'll, yeah, he ran a good course. race. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean it, it ran exactly what it is. I mean that's why they call it racing and not winning. Uh, you know, you got to account for all kind of things, and I mean it's a fluke thing. It could happen. It, it could never happen again, for Christ's sakes, or it could happen in three weeks. You don't know um, when you get Correct. there. And that's, I mean, that's that, that's really this is what why I like about especially Talladega because you don't necessarily consider Talladega to be uh, uh, like so much strategy in it. And we saw two tires, no tires, four tires. Um, yep. we, we saw all kinds of things up and down pit road and, and it saved a lot of guys to have a really good run that I wasn't necessarily, uh, wasn't necessarily, you know, John Hunter Nemechek comes to mind, Billy, that kid ran a hell of a race and, and whoever called yeah. that race for him, Got him in, and and I don't even know who's, who his crew chief is, but they did a hell of a job. Uh, Billy, uh, let's talk about the the twenty two and the nine because they had a little bit of issue there again. Um, and the, the twenty two, yeah, imagine that. This is like the fourth or fifth week in a row. But what what is your take on what happened to the twenty two and nine? Is that a racing deal? Is that a is that a something behind them deal? What what, what do you think went on there? Uh, I. I think the 22 could have given him a little bit of break there, but, you know, considering what happened at Bristol, I mean, you go all the way back. You know, Joey Logano said that, you know, he, he's done cutting 
I don't Billy, think it was just a racing incident. I think I'll it tell was you this. Fight. I, I tell you this. I, I started to soften my um, Chase Elliott baby Jesus stance after I saw Chase <laughs> Elliott go out there and move the 22 and then say, I mean, shit, you do it, Joey. Uh, I ain't worried about that. And I was like, okay, all right. I I appreciate that. I appreciate he stood up. He did what he had to do. Uh, I also can appreciate the fact that he's going to have to. I mean, he's he's going to have to pay the price, and and this thing's going to go on for a while. We've seen this happen between Brad Keselowski and Danny Hamlin, and and mm-hmm. and 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 uh, the eighteen uh, Kyle Busch. We've seen him do all this kind of stuff. But if you don't get into those things, you don't. I mean, you're going to have to. Take your stance at some point. I'm proud of, or not proud necessarily, but I'm happy to see that Chase Elliott did it. I've also seen now where Chase Elliott's been on the bad side of those things, uh, what, two weeks in a row? And yeah, two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row, and he's had a car that could win, and the 22 didn't give him any break. But I'll say this, <laughs> when, when you're at Talladega, uh, the two was being pushed, was pushing into the 22, which, I mean, it's one of those things that the 22 could have probably softened that a little bit, but given what's going on in their history, I think Joey Logano wants to make damn sure that Chase Elliott knows that uh, one of those two guys has a championship and the other one's baby Jesus. Um, and I think he's making his point <laughs> right. very, very well. And it'll be interesting to see. I mean, we're going back to Bristol here in all-star race for, for a million dollars, <laughs> Billy. I mean, yeah. this is this could be playing out very, very well. And I don't think Rob Lowe's, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think Pocono's the kind of place where you really want to – that's not really a payback track necessarily. Would, would, would you agree with that statement, Rob? Yeah, I think I would. Um, I, I mean, you've seen people get moved out of the way there in the past. Yeah. Um, I mean – for, you know, I mean, there's, I mean, people get moved out of the way all the time. You're not going to see yeah. somebody go in and right rear somebody there. Sure. I don't think that's, I don't think that's the move. But, you know, you might see. It. I, I kind of like the way you put it that he's not going to cut the 22 any slack. The 22 is not going to cut him slack. Basically, all right, you're not clear. I'm not going to lift. Yeah, I'm not going to give you the room to make that pass if you're not if you don't clear me, clear me. I'm not giving you the room to do it. Uh-huh. I'm not yeah. going to lift to let you pass me. Yeah, yeah. You know, is what I see being said there. Basically, it's if if you're going to pass me, you're going to damn sure clear me because I'm not going to clear you for you know <laughs> for you to make the pass. Is what I hear. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's extremely. It's extremely fun to watch. It's very interesting. Absolutely. I've got this going on, Billy Bradley, because this is now, uh, I mean, since, what, Bristol? We, we've got this thing going on, and I don't see this going away anytime soon, um, anytime soon whatsoever. I, g- great race. Ryan Blaney, uh, I mean, listen. Ryan He's a wheel Blaney, man, isn't he? He has absolutely turned in. Overnight, Billy Bradley. I, I say overnight Damn, because I've been plate. watching him. The restrictor plate. He has now got my he's, attention. He's as, pretty tough. Yes, and he learned a lot from Daytona. And I'll be damned. I mean, I, listen. 
here we are at the end of a of a race that hasn't we didn't get the big one thank goodness I, I, i'm not a big fan of the big one we didn't get the big big one yeah. um hey rob I, hold on. I got a question real yeah. quick about that yeah. that damn spoiler on the back is that the same thing we ran at daytona or was it a lot higher to me this spoiler looked a hell of a lot i'm higher. pretty sure it's the same one i'm pretty sure it's the same I one i know they reduced we we Took the ducks out of the nose and reduced the size of the tapered spacer. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure the blade's the same size. Okay. Um, All right, go ahead. But getting back to, I'll tell you what, I, I just wanted to bring up, and I don't know if you were headed there or not, there was, and I happened to catch it on the television during the broadcast, you know, during the, because we, we get live feed on the box. Mm-hmm. So we don't get commercials, we just get them playing around. Like, I guess you can tell when they're on commercial because they're playing around with, replays and they back it up and move it forward. They got all that stuff going on, you know, and that I forget who was behind him when Blaney took the, like Blaney got momentum. Like he was jacked sideways. And I don't know know if any, if either one of you saw it, he got jacked sideways. And I'm like, here we go. I'm like, I'm like, we are, I'm like, here it is right here. He's at the front of the field. I'm like, here it is. And he (laughs) gathered it up and gained momentum. Didn't lose momentum. Gained yep. momentum and made a pass, yep. and I was like, "You don't see that every day at a super speedway." I'm here to tell you, not at Talladega. Rob, mm-hmm. I want to tell you something. That that move right there, I I literally stood up because I was waiting for the replay. I said, "They are going to show this and show this quick, and they're going to show this many times." I was like, "Did that just happen?" I could not believe he was that damn squirrely coming out, stayed in the gas, and finished the damn pass what yeah we had no business maintaining position let alone going forward and he did just that and i gotta tell you when i saw that replay again and you could see his hands go literally from like four o'clock in the afternoon to like nine o'clock in the in the in the evening i mean his hands were all the way across that thing i was like okay he absolutely has, and, and then he ends up going out there and doing exactly what he has to do. And I want to tell you, Billy, what what I what I like the most out of what I saw there out of out of the twenty uh, shit. I'm sorry, the twelve. What I saw was when the race was over, he was very concerned about who he had put up there in the wall. Uh, was it Amarola? Is that who he put up in the wall? No, that's who he went backwards. Who did he, who did he hit? Uh, Jones. Uh, 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 Jones. He put Jones up yeah. on the wall as they were coming, you know, coming down there. And he was very concerned. He was like, hey, I I, I see I, that. I see. Yeah, you could see that. And he was making sure that he was okay. And he wasn't celebrating like crazy because he knew there was a wreck at the end. And I got to tell you something. Yeah. His composure and his his – it's kind of like a good wide receiver knowing where the out of bounds line is without looking. He knew that, you know, he, he that's the game within the game. He needs to go out there and make sure everybody knows he's respectful. He ain't out there to try to kill anybody. He's not out there just hitting people, knocking them out of the damn way for no reason. I really liked what he did there, Billy, because he is trying to run as clean a race as you possibly can. And for the last 500 feet of that race, hey, I'm going for the win. I like that. I, there's not one thing about that race that he yeah. ran that I didn't like. I, I just thought it was a, almost a perfect race. If, and, and if you were a Ryan Blaney fan, if you are a Ryan Blaney fan, you were treated to one hell of a show because that guy was up there sure. all day long and doing really, really well. We all said the Fords were going to be strong. 
we said the Fords were going to yep. be strong, and I'll be damned, those Fords were absolutely strong. It makes it, – it's so funny, Billy, because when I figured out, you know, towards the end of – I mean, the race was so exciting, I had no idea where Ryan Newman was, like I said, until about 20 or so last to go. And then when I started watching it, I was like, holy shit. He literally and, – and, and I don't know if you caught – you probably didn't catch this during the, during the broadcast, uh, Rob, but – Larry Mack, who I think is an absolute genius, he's one, he's literally my favorite TV guy. Larry Mack showed us how when Eric Almarola was running back there in the pack, he was at a quarter percent of the fucking fuel pedal, a quarter yeah. percent. Newman and, Newman said he, Newman said he was at fifty one, fifty two percent just about the whole race. That is crazy to wow. me. That is absolutely crazy. That tells you how strong that draft is and how and how strong those damn Fords up front were, Billy Bradley, because those guys were pulling that whole damn field up there. And, oh, yeah. and Newman's sitting back there 50, 51% the whole damn, the whole damn race until it's time to go. That, I, and, again, we all know I'm not a racer. I don't speed my damn truck. But I got to tell you something. From, from a guy who doesn't race, just knowing – that those guys are throttling that pedal, just catching the draft and all that. Dude, that is, that is, that blows me away. It absolutely blows me away. Yeah. It's super fun to watch. Saldega is my favorite racetrack that we go to. That we go to on a circuit. It's not even close, and it's because of that right there. I haven't seen one race at Saldega that I wish I'd have gone and seen. Uh, one at Texas Motor Speedway or one at Charlotte. A a bad race at Talladega is still a better race than a mile and a half on most mile and a half tracks. I I was wildly entertained. I thought it was fantastic, and it was just a a wonderful spectacle that that took place. Speaking of wonderful spectacles, um, Sunday gets rained out. Sucks. Monday, Sunday night, we find out that there's um, uh, something that happened in the garage. And then Monday afternoon, Billy Bradley, you and I were both moved to tears before the race started when the drivers and the and, and the, the crew in the garage pushed Bubba Wallace to the front of the damn field. And I got to tell you something, Billy. I, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it right now. Yeah. I, I, I absolutely I just was – I mean, I, I just it, – it, it's hard to put into words. Words cannot adequately express the emotions that I felt watching that take place. And 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 I, I saw Bubba was emotional and all that. I was damn near as emotional as Bubba Wallace was, Billy. I it, it literally it literally it like gave me hope. You know, when you see an entire garage, an entire league, just imagine if this was the NFL for Christ's sake. That's exactly then, right. Yeah. It, this you're looking at the entire league, you know. That's everybody from all the way down to the garage guys, travel guys, everybody that was involved in a team was walking that damn pit. And that made me, I said, that's my sport right there. Billy, I've never seen anything so perfectly orchestrated in an organic matter in my entire life. It was absolutely perfect. It was spectacular. And it was Probably, I mean, listen, I'm going to tell you this right now. There are times when this sport has transcended life. When Dale Earnhardt won the Daytona 500 and everybody in the garage came out there to shake his damn hand. 
that is something that we we see all the time because it was special. That is a special moment in the sport. You cannot manufacture that. When Dale Earnhardt Jr. won the Pepsi 400 at Daytona in 2001, yep. that healed America. That healed all the NASCAR fans that were hurting inside. That was a moment that not only can you not manufacture, it doesn't even make sense. (laughs) If we didn't watch it and live it, we would think that it was a made-up story. And this is another one of them, Billy Bradley, seeing what happened there on, I'll call it the playing field, seeing what happened on the playing field, because as soon as we buckled up, uh, every one of them drivers were out there to beat the 43, but not before the race. And to see everybody do that was as big a moment as we're ever going to see because not just NASCAR fans were watching it, okay? NASCAR fans were largely watching Dale Earnhardt get congratulated after his Daytona 500. NASCAR fans and a little bit of America outside of NASCAR was watching Dale Earnhardt Jr. celebrate winning after his father died in Daytona. The entire world was watching what happened on Pitt Road, Billy Bradley, on Monday afternoon. And Rob Lopes, uh, I've been waiting to talk to you about this since, since it happened. Can you, can you put in the words or kind of describe just what it was like? How, how I mean, did you all, I, I assume you all kind of found out about it and said we're in. Can you just walk us through what you can recollect from all that? We were we were told, okay, this is what's going to happen, and you know this is this is how this is going to work because because it's you know you're kind of breaking your protocol, yeah. your pre race protocol because <clears throat> you know the whole social distancing thing yeah. and you know you line you, you know you get you got officials standing next to your car next to you, and it's like okay you know and they tell you okay five minutes. Okay, four minutes, three minutes, two minutes. Okay, um, you know, okay, line them up, line up, guys. So yeah. you know, you line up for the invocation, you know, start and the uh, national anthem. So they send a message out to us. Okay, the drivers are going to push the forty-three to the front, and we would, it, you know, it's it's by choice. Yeah. But if you want to participate, fill in behind. The car. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I'm pretty sure everybody participated. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I said, it was by choice. You mm-hmm. didn't have to walk. You didn't have to yeah. go. Yeah. And it was by choice. And I um, somehow managed to get toward the front, even though our car was somewhere in the middle of the field. You know, we were gridded ahead of the 43, and I somehow managed you know, I just kind of blended in as it went by, and I was like, okay, you know, I'm not waiting to the end of the line here. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to blend myself in here. And and I remember standing up there and turning around. I was like, wow, man, I think everybody in the place is here. Yeah. Like, this is pretty cool, you know. And yeah. you could see, you could see, I was close enough to see when Bubba Wallace got out of the car, he stood on the door top and he looked back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And That's I can what imagine God. what that view looked like. Oh, God. I can't. Mm. You know, and I remember him standing up there, like, trying to take a selfie, you know, like, back yeah. over his shoulder and showing everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
he probably couldn't get the whole, couldn't get everything in the frame. Because, uh, and, and, you know, we're reduced rosters. So just yeah. imagine what it would have been like, you know, yeah. had, you know, if it wasn't for the old COVID thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it was a pretty amazing thing. I mean, it was a very moving experience and it definitely shows unity within the sport, unity within the garage. And, you know, it, it's something, and I've said it many times that, I mean, we're hard, we're hard on each other. Yeah. We're competitors. We're racers. I yeah. mean, the guys on my team and and the teams that I've worked on in the past, I mean, we rip each other apart. I mean, yeah. check your feelings at the gate because, yeah. Yeah. and I mean, we'll rip each other apart just joking around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and there's people that, people that, and I'll use this with the old air quotes, there's people in the real world that if you were to hear us talk to each other, be like, these guys <laughs> hate each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and we're like, no, we don't hate each other. It's Tuesday. We don't. Yeah. <laughs> It's just Tuesday. This is what we yeah. do. But yeah. when when somebody has a problem or when there's a big issue the way it came about, and I'm sure we'll get into a discussion about that a little bit because, I mean, we're not – it would be really hard not to talk about the elephant in the room. Um, you know, we come together. We, we compete against each other. We're all wearing different color shirts. We all work for different teams, different companies. You know, there's – all this stuff, and we compete week in and week out, but we will come together as a family when we need to. Yeah. Because we are one big family. We spend a lot of time around each other. Yep. So that's my that's my take on it. Well, what's yeah, funny, I just got a couple. We were there for the guys. Go ahead, Billy. You know, this is we, we we bitched and bitched and complained about you know not letting fans bend, but you know had it not been for this regulations, you know. This circumstance may have not played out had we had fans on the track because y'all know how busy pit road and stuff is with all that up yeah. through there. And just the way it played out, I mean, when Bubba Wallace, like he just thought the drivers, because that's all I'm sure he could see sitting in that car was the drivers. Mm-hmm. You know, they were beside of him. And when he stood up on that car, looked back, and saw all you crew guys, Ugh. I think that's when it hit him. I mean, I have no idea. But when he stood down and Richard Petty come up and put his arm on, on his shoulder, man, I, I lost it. I bowed like a baby. Yeah. I, I did, too, <laughs> because it's, it's, it's not often you see competitors who, um, I mean, there ain't nobody in that damn garage that don't know somebody's face. I mean, it, it, they're racing together. Well, this year actually may be different. I <laughs> think about it, but uh, I mean, you're in the garage together uh, every damn race, and and you're and you're. There's all the time shit happens on pit road. You know, like 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 Rob was just talking about why they pitted on the second round. I hadn't even paid attention to that. That's a that's a gold nugget that I, I'm going to look for now. That makes a lot of sense. I didn't even I didn't even notice it, Billy. But you're 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 pitting in there because the team beside you and. And the whole t- I've been down in the pits, Billy. You've been in the pits, and you know that when there's a when there's a a, a caution that comes out, there's there's talk back and forth uh, between the guys around them. I mean, we see it happen all the time. Hey, he's coming in here. I mean, crew chief will look over at the next guy. That type. Of, I mean, but everybody's in there to win. Everybody, Joey Logano and 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 Chase Elliott, they're in a huge fight right now. But guess what? They put that shit aside. That don't matter. That doesn't matter in, in instances like this. Those are two men yeah. who said, you know what? I, listen, we're gonna we're gonna do this together. 
we and when we get on a track, yeah, I'm gonna wreck your ass, and uh, with, with about with about forty to go, you're getting wrecked. I mean, I, that, that's literally what happened. But they put that shit yep. aside to go down there and and to do that. And when when you see something like that that happens organically, it wasn't something that they had been you know planning for weeks and months. Hey, when can we come out here and that's do something time. that's gonna get get something? Up? This is something that came about organically between ten o'clock Sunday night and whatever you know, 10 o'clock Sunday morning I mean, or Monday morning. This is something that happened because people were like, listen, we're going to make That's a stand. That's my brother. That's my brother. That's my yeah. – uh, we are the human race, and we're going to fix this thing. And, and I literally had – I mean, I wasn't sobbing and, and like, like boo-hoo and all that kind of stuff. I was literally watching it, and I could not stop in tears. They were just running down my face. I was so moved by what yeah. I saw out there because you just have to understand – you have to understand that Sunday, and I thought it was laughable. I saw twenty of the shittiest fucking pickup trucks ever. I mean, they were, I mean, sorry, Alabama. I saw twenty Alabamian trucks with with Confederate flags on them, quote unquote, protesting uh, NASCAR. You know, riding around out front there before the rain started on Sunday. We saw some jackass fly a Confederate flag over top of it, defund NASCAR. I mean, what the hell? Dumbest shit I've ever seen in my life. Hell, I was laughing at it. I thought it was hilarious. I was like, these idiots don't even know how to make a damn point. I mean, this is dumb. And you've got LeBron James <laughs> that is like, like, like NFL stars are tweeting, I'll be damned, NASCAR's got one black guy in it, and the entire league stands up for him. I mean, these are NFL players that, you know, get in trouble because they, you know, they, they want to kneel. And, and and here's an entire league of professional athletes standing up for one guy and putting it all out there. I, it was it was a phenomenal thing, and and it put it all aside, and it was just it was super super cool. Hell, I did a podcast for um, an African American. Uh, he's, he's a buddy of mine that I know, and he, his podcast has nothing to do with racing, nothing to do with racing. But I, there was enough people that wanted to hear about this NASCAR thing because, oh, my God, look, shit, look at this. They banned the Confederate flag, and all of a sudden now they're they're doing this. And I did a 45-minute podcast on uh, Tuesday. Uh, what day is this? This is Wednesday. This is Wednesday. Um, yeah. I, I did a 45-minute podcast with these guys on Tuesday talking about how far NASCAR has come. And and I was like, look, they have deserved some shit in the past because they haven't always done, you know, what they're doing today. And and I even told him, I said, I was a fan of Bubba Wallace when he came in. I couldn't understand why he'd lost his ride over at Roush Fenway Racing. Then I understood why he lost his ride over there. And I saw him throw Gatorade on uh, Alex Bowman when he was dehydrating the car. I said, you know what? I don't like that shit. I don't support anybody who, who can't control their emotions like that. I I'm not going to be a fan of Bubba Wallace. I mean, I hope he stays in the sport, but I'm not going to check and see where he's running all the time and all that kind of shit. I, it's not that I didn't. I hated him or anything. I, I can choose who I would pull for. I chose not to pull for Bubba Wallace anymore because I, I, I just didn't like his like what he was doing on the track. I didn't like what he did there. And I, I completely told him that. And I also said I, I cannot believe that Bubba Wallace is, 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 is making these kind of changes that he is and he's taking it on, and he is speaking extremely from the heart. I mean, he's a, he's a very emotional guy, but when he talks, he's not talking by something you read in the book. You know, he's, he's talking, I'm like, I'm, shit, I support the hell out of him. I hope he doesn't beat my drivers. 
But, I mean, damn, I, I, I'm glad he's in the sport. He's doing a fantastic thing. He's helping create change and, and making us listen. And, and, and they, were, they were enthralled with, with all that because they, this is kind of new for them. You know, this is not something that they would normally talk about or that sort of thing. And, and when we find out about, you know, what happened on, on Sunday, and, and the, the press release comes out from NASCAR on Sunday night, at, at 10 p.m., which I thought was very strange. I mean, I, that's the last thing I wanted to see. And, and Billy Bradley, I went from, I, I went from, I, I went from, what the hell is even happening? I don't, I don't understand what's happening. We got so much going on. I, how did a, a noose get in there? And NASCAR has vowed to, to ban forever because they know hell it i mean that garage ain't open to the public it's got to be in there billy i it, it literally felt like i had been punched in the gut sunday night and then and and i assume billy i know you and i talked i know you felt much the same way and i and i don't want to put words in your mouth but, but that really fucking hurt did it not it did because you know like you said we know the circumstances we're under now like it was a crew member, uh, a NASCAR official. I mean, there's only so many certain people allowed in that garage area. And, and you know, like you said, we've been a fan of the sport a long time. And, you know, I, I just couldn't see any of my people doing that stuff. And, you know, it was great news once it came out. You know, I'm sure we're going to get to that, too, that, you know, I, it was great news. And then it was sad news again because, you know, I was like, I knew none of my people would do something like that. You know, that's that's just the way I felt. I, I had faith that nobody on any of those NASCAR teams or the NASCAR officials would stoop to that level. Yeah, no way. There's no way that could happen. I, I, I didn't want to believe it, Billy, because I was like, there's, there's no fucking way somebody is that goddamn ballsy. Uh, and whoever is that ballsy, somebody knows who did it <laughs> because they're, because that motherfucker is uh, he's living he's living the KKK life to be able to be that ballsy to go in there as an NASCAR worker and put that in there. He's he's gonna stick out like a sore fucking thumb. I mean, I just that's just what we read the press release, we read the statement. That's what we hear, Rob Lopes. I mean, I know you're. I, I assume that did you hear it uh, Sunday uh, Sunday night when they put out the statement? Had you heard anything about this beforehand? Yes, you had heard about it before they released yes. the statement. Yes, yes, okay. we. It was it was known what was what was going on before we left, before we put the cars in impound, before they postponed the race. We knew we knew what had happened, what was going on, and we were all like, "What the hell?" Yeah. And I'll go ahead and give you guys a timeline that we're like, "What the hell's going on?" And you know, and we we hear what's happening, and, we're, and it was like, "Are you kidding?" Yeah. And like, who the heck would do that? And they're like, "Why would somebody do that now when yeah. you are under such reduced numbers?" Yeah. Everybody's on a damn list. You check in individually as you come into the speedway. They know who you are. You have to show your identification and your hard card or whatever you've got going on, your essential uh, employee or, you know, essential personnel pass and all this sort of stuff. You've mm -hmm. got reduced numbers. You've got no fans. And I'm thinking to myself, who the hell yeah. would be that ballsy to do that? And we talked about it in the van on the way back to the hotel Sunday night. Uh -huh. And it's like, you know – 
if somebody, the thing of it is, is somebody that would do that doesn't think about the parameters that, yeah. in which they're doing it. Yeah. Now, also keep in mind, and Billy, you touched on it earlier, about what, what our context is now, what our timeline is now. We've got a lot going on in this country that's race-related. They just, you know, NASCAR stepped up and they said, okay, this is what we're doing as far as the Confederate flag goes. Okay, fine. You make the rules. It's your sandbox. This is what they're doing. This is what they're doing. You yeah. buy by the rules or you go play somewhere else. Yeah. Okay. So now you've got this going on, which now you've charged another group of people. You've, you've, you've got them in a frenzy over this. So be it. You can have your feelings. You can do whatever you want. You're upset about this. Okay, fine. That's fine. You can be upset, but this is the rule. This is what, this is the way we're doing it. Yeah. And we're going into, and I thought this kind of odd also, we're going into Bubba's home state. Yeah. He's from Alabama, if I recall. Right. Yes. Mobile, yeah. maybe. Mm -hmm. um, I think. I want to say Mobile. I'm not 100% sure. But I'm pretty sure he's from Alabama. And yeah. we're going in his home state. And then, you know, we are flying in on Saturday morning. And there's this parade of trucks driving back and forth on the main road out in front of the speedway, you know, with Confederate flags flying and all that sort of stuff. We're like, so you got that's it. different. Okay. Oh, yeah, we saw it. They're like, okay. You know, we get it. All right. You know, Sunday we're in the racetrack and we see this plane flying around. We're like, okay, you know, I don't know if I can spend my money that way, but all right. You know? Yeah. And then all of a sudden this thing happens like, there was a noose in the garage of the 43, blah, 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 blah. Well, first off, it wasn't like somebody built a gallows in the damn 43 garage. It wasn't yeah. like somebody hung a one-inch braided rope yeah. and slung it over the damn, you know, ceiling truss or whatever. It wasn't like that, yeah. okay? Right. And we all know from the FBI report, what came out, what it was. Oh, it was a garage pool, and everybody thought it was a joke. Well, here's the thing. It was always a garage pool. It was always the rope on the garage door. However, it was the only one tied in a loop that way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The only yep. one. Now, <laughs> now, now, well, I'm just going to go through this because this is a hot button because the funny thing is, is everybody was so behind everything that was going on until this report came out yesterday, and now you've got all these Monday morning quarterbacks, and I'm probably going to piss some people off by saying this. A lot of Monday morning quarterbacks, I knew it. NASCAR's so stupid. NASCAR did this, blah, blah, blah. They overreacted. They did this. They did that. They should have vetted their information. They should have done this. Why didn't they do this? Why didn't they do that? But what they did was they got in front of it from Jump Street. And from everything I've heard and from the time I've spent in the sport, you, they, there's a lot of times they can't win for losing. And no matter what they do, somebody's going to say they were wrong. And if they had taken the approach of, yes, this happened, we are going to investigate it internally, then you would hear, oh, here comes the cover-up, and nothing's going to happen, blah, 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 blah. Or we're going to get the local law enforcement involved. Oh, okay, a bunch of good old boys are together. Nothing's going to happen from it, blah, 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 blah. It's a bunch of bullshit, this and that. They got the Federal Bureau of Investigation in, who could care whether NASCAR lives or dies. Yeah. Who could care less. They don't have a dog in the fight. They came in, interviewed team members, they you know, took statements, they got video, they looked at this, 
And the way the video and this picture showed up about this quote-unquote garage pool, or I shouldn't say quote-unquote, this garage pool that had been there since October, because now, mind you, this is only the second time we've been in this garage. Yeah. It was brand new to us when we were there in the fall. That's right. So it turns out it was there last year, and the 21 was in that slot. And nobody paid attention to it. And the really ironic part about it is if that 43 is two spots ahead in points or a spot ahead in points or two, one or two spots behind where they are in points, they're not yeah. in that stall. Good point. They're Good not point. in that stall. And there's not a, and there's not a story at all. Yeah. But it just worked out that there was one pool there that was tied that way, and boom, the 43's in it. And we've got a rain delay, so people are sitting around, and they're looking around, and you look at shit that you never looked at, and you're just sitting yeah. there playing on your phone, and you look up, and you go, what the hell what is the that? What the fuck is that? And you put it in the context of everything going on around our country and around our sport, and all of a sudden, that mean-nothing garage pool means something. Yeah. And somebody on that team was like, hey, this is jacked up. Mm -hmm. And they say something. Well, NASCAR goes, and they handle it the best way they know how to handle it. They start Mm -hmm. asking around. And then they get somebody that is very impartial and, like I said, could care less whether this sport lives or not. And they investigate. That's when the pictures and the videos came out the following day mm-hmm. that, hey, I was in the garage area and I've got this picture of that garage stall. And they send it in. I've got this video and they send it in. And then the Monday morning quarterbacks, I should say the Tuesday morning quarterbacks come out. And go, I told you it was something stupid. It was staged. It was this. It was that. You got egg on your face. You got this. No, they don't. They do not. They handled it the best way they knew how to handle it under the context and the circumstance. You've got to be kidding me. But I will say this, and we've already talked about it. What happened Monday for the race was amazing. And it was genuine. It was organic, like to use your word, Dan. It, that little misunderstanding that turned out to be a misunderstanding built a lot of character within our sport. And it showed a lot of character for our sport and for everybody that loves our sport. That's, that that, that came across loud and clear. <laughs> that, that, was, that was the best part about it, is that there was nothing fake. There was no hoax about what you guys did there on on pit road. That was nothing but absolute standing up for your 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 fellow uh, your fellow teammate. I mean, I, he's he's on a different team, but you're all in that together. Ain't a whole hell of a lot of you NASCAR guys out there that absolutely came across the. I mean, that's that's what makes it so special. That's what makes it so special yeah. because it wasn't planned. It just everybody was on the same. You know how hard it is to get people on the same page. Hell, the three of us aren't even on the same page half the fucking time. And and there's right. you know, thousands of people over there on the on the same damn team. And it just it was absolutely fantastic and and wonderful. And it, and it's interesting that you know you say that because I never even thought about it. You're sitting in the garage in a rain delay or whatever. And you just huh? Look at that. I mean. That that makes a lot of sense, Billy. When you when you heard this thing and and you saw what was going on, 
Uh, we, we know it, it starts to get hurt. We, we've talked about it till I mean, hell, you woke up Monday morning with, what, like 60-some texts or some shit? 60-some text messages. And I was like, what the hell is going on? So, you know, I go ahead, get ready, and drive to work, sit in the parking lot, and start reading through them. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. Billy, let's fast forward to when we find out on Tuesday that the FBI comes in, they do their investigation, and they say, um, hey, we've reviewed everything. Uh, all the evidence points to this was not a specific hate crime directed at Bubba Wallace. It had been there for some time, um, and 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 that's and that's what it is. What, what was your what was your feeling when you heard that, Billy? I was, to be honest, I was relieved to know that nobody in my sport had done exactly what I thought they had done. And right. I, and then I was I was a little aggravated. And I got to thinking about it more and more. You know, I thought about I, – I stayed up all night really just thinking about it. I was like, you know, look, they did have the Rebel Flag Parade convoy, that you want to call it. They had an idiot flying a Rebel Flag over the track. Yeah. You know, granted it was just a garage pull, but what – I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of on the fence about it now, but it's really, and after it comes down to it, 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 it kind of looks like an embarrassment on the sport, but it's not because what if they hadn't done something, you know? Well, this is right. where I'm going to disagree with both of you vehemently. NASCAR did not okay. get out in front of this thing at all the right way. They put out a press release that said there was a person that committed a hate crime. Dumbest fucking statement in the history of dumb fucking NASCAR statements. Every reporter in the entire fucking world ran with, we are looking for a white man who put a noose in Bubba Wallace's garage stall because NASCAR fucking said that's what they were looking for. Marty Smith, gave one of the most impassioned, and I mean a beautiful, impassioned speech on how much he hurt because we were looking for a dirty motherfucker who would sneak in the garage and put this in there because NASCAR said we are looking for somebody right now, and when we find them, they are banned. Dumbest fucking thing they could have possibly done. I can't imagine a scenario that would be dumber than what they did. It made me angry. It made Jimmy Wags, for Christ's sake. Jimmy Wags is beside himself. This is a sport he loves. Yeah. Absolute yeah. beside himself. No, you heard from him today. It, no, he, he's, he's literally so fucking pissed off about this shit, it's not even funny. And, and the fact of the matter is, NASCAR didn't do a goddamn thing to help Bubba Wallace. NASCAR fucked Bubba Wallace. If anybody did any crime against Bubba Wallace... It's NASCAR, because here we are Wednesday afternoon, and NASCAR hasn't said one fucking thing. And what they should do is apologize to Bubba Wallace for making him a goddamn scapegoat for both the people on the one side of the aisle that want to call it a fucking hoax and the people on the other fucking aisle that want to call NASCAR uh, a bunch of uh, racists that are hiding an actual hate crime. If they would come out 
and say, hey, we've got an investigation going on. Uh, we think something happened. We're bringing in the FBI to check it out. Um, we're going to be 100% completely uh, on board. Uh, 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 all of our resources are going to be uh, uh, sent at this thing. We're going to be transparent. I'm fine with it. They put Bubba Wallace out there in front of Don fucking Lemon on CNN, the biggest race baiter on CNN. Here's Bubba Wallace, a new asshole. Bubba Wallace ain't ready for that shit. Whoever's in Bubba Wallace's corner telling him to go on Don Lemon's show and The View ought to be fucking kicked in the head. It's idiotic to let Bubba Wallace go on those. They're not looking to find the story. They're looking yeah, to create I agree with that point. And so they're out there. Don Lemon made Bubba Wallace look like a fucking idiot. And you know how I know that? Because thousands of reporters who reported that there was a, a, a hate crime committed against Bubba Wallace because NASCAR said they were looking for the guy who did it. Now they're out there saying, oh, my God, look at this shit. This is, this is crazy. And now you've got Bubba Wallace out here saying, no, it was a noose. It absolutely was a noose. And, and poor Bubba Wallace is all he's trying to do is go out there and do the right thing. That's all Bubba Wallace is trying to do. And this is Wednesday afternoon. No, hell, it's, it's 10 o'clock at night on, on Wednesday night. NASCAR hasn't said one fucking thing about they got this wrong from the get-go. They should have come out and said, hey, we're learning as we go. We were incensed to think that one of our own people could have done this. We wish we would have, if we could do anything different, we wish we would have announced this thing differently. Bubba, we apologize to you and all the pain and suffering you've gone through because of our inadequacies of expressing exactly just how pain this was to us. We are sorry. We are going to be better. But right now, if you uh, – let me, let me just show you a little bit of, of, of things that come out because NASCAR can't get their fucking head out of their ass. Fake news was trending until uh, 10 o'clock Wednesday morning, for Christ's sakes. Bubba Smollett is still trending, for Christ's sakes. Bubba Wallace Hopes is trending, and you've got people like Jamel Hill who absolutely is laughing at any fucking black person that's a NASCAR fan right now. Literally go to her timeline and you can see it. She's fucking laughing because she's like, you guys are just being pulled over. The white man is just pulling shit over on top of you. You got guys like Colin Cowherd. Colin Cowherd, who I'm not a big fan of at all, but Colin Cowherd says, hey, I, I, I got to be honest with you. I reported what NASCAR told me. NASCAR told me that we were looking for a, a, a person who pung a noose in Bubble Wallace's fucking garage stall, and, and I'm sorry that I, I came out here and I But I, to be I fair, Dan, to be fair, to be fair, at the time they sent that statement out, they were. No, and they were not, because no, anybody who were. runs it, no, anybody who runs an investigation knows you don't say everything you fucking know about it, and they didn't even know it. They didn't even know it. They created a narrative just like Don Lemon did last night to Bubba Wallace. They didn't have to mention anything except they were on top of the situation because when they come out and they tell you fake fucking news, all it does is tear everything down, all the good that you did, because now now it's in question. And they still haven't come out and said anything other than the fact we wouldn't do anything different. And I can tell you for certain uh, uh, the the texts I've gotten from African American and people of color, uh, they, they absolutely are incensed 
about how this went down. They absolutely are incensed that, I mean, before all this shit happened, uh, they were like, you're a NASCAR fan? And now they're like, you're a fucking idiot if you're a NASCAR fan. These are literally texts I've been getting from people who are, because NASCAR told us there was a big bad voodoo guy running around there putting this shit in there, and it turned out to be not the case. They weren't looking for somebody who put a noose in there. They fucked up when they came out there and said it, and now they're making Bubba Wallace look like an idiot to people who don't even know who the hell he is. And it's a damn shame. It's an absolute fucking shame. And whoever's in NASCAR in charge of this should have their fucking ass kicked for not apologizing to Bubba Wallace for putting him in this position to fight. Bubba Wallace, all he wants to do is go out there and say, hey, we're, we came together as one. We, we, we're doing all this kind of stuff. Even he didn't do it. But when Don Lemon, who, who absolutely played up to Bubba Wallace, and it was a great interview that he did after he got the Confederate flag banned, Don Lemon ripped him a new asshole uh, Tuesday night. And Don Lemon had him exactly where he wanted him. Bubba Wallace is too good of a guy to go up against guys like Don Lemon. He can't hang with the view. But he, he's not – he's way too – he can't do that shit. Bubba Wallace then comes back, and he says this. It's been an emotional few days. First off, I want to say how relieved I am that the investigation revealed that this wasn't what we feared it was. I want to thank my team, NASCAR, and the FBI for acting swiftly and treating this as a real threat. I think we'll gladly take a little embarrassment over what the alternatives could have been. Make no mistake. Though some will try, this should not detract from the show of unity we had on Monday and the progress we've made as a sport to be more welcoming environment for all. I believe that that's true. But people on the outside don't. They absolutely don't because NASCAR hasn't done anything but put Bubba Wallace on a fucking island. They did it the second they put out that bullshit release. And they haven't said one goddamn thing yet to back Bubba Wallace up. All they did is they said we'd do the same thing. And they're getting laughed at by everybody who just fucking praised them. And that's the goddamn truth. It's absolutely the truth. NASCAR might have had good intentions, but they absolutely, instead of taking care of Bubba Wallace, they try to take care of themselves to see, let everybody know just how unracist they were. And it backfired because they didn't just do the right fucking thing. The right fucking thing was taking care of this investigation and not telling the world a narrative that turned out to be false and it's bullshit and it's not going to get right until NASCAR comes out and apologizes to Bubba Wallace. They've made Bubba Wallace a scapegoat by not back taking his back. They absolutely have. Do I believe NASCAR acted in good faith when they, when they, when they called the FBI in? Yes. Do I think NASCAR absolutely gives a shit about Bubba Wallace? Yes. Do I think that without an apology from NASCAR, we're going to re- not recover this from years, maybe never? Yes. I absolutely believe that. And until NASCAR comes out and does something other than the fact that they would do the exact same shit again, the whole point of this fucking movement is to listen. The whole point of this fucking movement is to listen. They didn't listen. They should have fucking listened. They should have done the right thing, and they did not. And now Bubba Wallace has taken all kind of heat. Bubba Wallace doesn't deserve this heat. Bubba Wallace is a good man. I'm not even a fan of his. He's a good man. And for them to leave him on an island like this is pathetic. It makes me nauseous to my fucking stomach. 
I don't even want to talk about fucking Pocono because I'm so goddamn angry that NASCAR would leave Bubba Wallace out there like that. It's sickening. I got buddies that have been to racetracks more times than I have who happen to be Mexican who absolutely told me uh, they were going to go to Texas Motor Speedway. They're not now. They can't fucking believe that NASCAR can't get this shit right. They're even more mad today than they are when it happened, when, it, when, it, when they, we were looking for the, the, the boogeyman. Jimmy Wags has been upset for the whole fucking time. It's been a roller coaster that we can't imagine as, pe- as non-people of color. This is the same shit that has happened to people of color for hundreds of years. People of color have been told by uh, white people in positions of authority, oh, man, this is terrible. We're going to get justice for this. Oh, you know what? It was just a mistake. They've been told that. And although I do believe this was a mistake, this isn't a mistake you have to own, goddammit. You have to own your mistakes. America is a place where you own your mistake and you can get away with some grace. But when you act like you did nothing fucking wrong, you deserve every goddamn thing you get. And NASCAR is going to rue the fucking day that they didn't come out here and back Bubba Wallace for all the shit he's taking right now. It's way too fucking long. The second Bubba Wallace and his team got together and said, "Goddamn, dude, this is failing. We need to, we need to, we need to, we need to change this and say, talk about how good it was on Monday." The second that they realized that, NASCAR should have said something, and they did not. They absolutely did not, and it's it, it's it's horrible. You got people like Jenna Fryer, you got people like like Bob Pockris and 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 Jeff Gluck. People I respect, people whose writing I, 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 Marty Smith, Marty Smith was duped by the words NASCAR put out. Bubba, uh, uh, Marty Smith spoke so fucking well. I was proud to hear that man speak, Billy. I was proud yeah. to hear what he said. And now we're all embarrassed. And NASCAR hasn't apologized for it. And we look like fucking fools. And we were looking great. Um, you didn't see LeBron James tweet anything after this bullshit. You didn't see Ice Cube tweet about this bullshit, but they sure did Monday. They damn sure did Monday when Rob Lopes and the boys went out there and said, hey, this isn't what we're about. That's exactly what they, that's when they did it. And now there ain't shit. Everybody's laughing. Now nobody knows what the hell if this is real or not because NASCAR hasn't come out and said, hey, maybe we overreacted. We made a, we made a promise that we were going to listen. And you know what? We overreacted. We're going to learn from this, and we're going to we're going to be better because we all want to be better, and we're going to live it. They do that. This is fine. They did not do that, and they fucking need to learn from this, and they need to tell people they've learned from this. And I don't know. I, I, I'm, my blood pressure is probably up too high, and uh, <laughs> I definitely want to have a, a glass of bourbon later, so I need to I need to calm the fuck down. But that's my problem with this whole thing. I had no problem that they came out Sunday night and said, um, hey, there's an incident, and we're going to be above board, and we're going to talk about it. We're going to get out ahead of it. But you don't fucking say what you think the crime was when you don't have any goddamn proof. You don't say that. I don't give a shit if you're investigating who stole a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or who hung a noose in Bubba Wallace's garage. That's not how you do. Those people are fucking smarter than that. At least I thought they were. I thought Steve Phelps was working in the right direction. 
I thought Steve O'Donnell was working in the right direction. Everything those guys said up until this bullshit fucking statement went out Sunday night, I was 100% on board with. This is terrible. It's a black eye for the sport that I hate the fuck. You, you know how bad it is for people of color to talk in circles with people of color that they're NASCAR fans? It's not easy. It is not easy. It is a hell of a lot harder for a white person to talk to a, a bunch of people of color that they're a NASCAR fan. It is way tougher for a person of color to talk about being a NASCAR fan in a group of people of color. It's way harder. And they have no idea what they've done. And they still haven't even – they should know. They should because they've seen Bubba Wallace take nothing but hit after hit. But they haven't apologized to Bubba Wallace. And they're making Bubba Wallace – look like it's a fucking hoax to a bunch of crazy dumbasses out there, and it's sad. It's absolutely sad. What the drivers and the crew guys did for Bubba Wallace, NASCAR didn't do today, and I'm pissed. Does anybody else want to say something? I need to take a, I need to take a break. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, man, but that was, uh, that was very passionate, very passionate. Uh, I think Billy and I were kind of afraid to talk. Are we okay to talk now, Dan, or what? Yeah, no, Billy, you, you can have, a, you can ahead, have the floor. I, I got to take a few drinks. You can have the floor, of course. Go ahead, <laughs> Billy. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, I I thought and thought and talked about it. And, you know, I talked to, to Wags, uh, I think it was earlier in the day, Tuesday, and, you know, it kind of expressed to that, to that same statement that you just brought. And he said, no fucking way NASCAR does this. No way. I mean, Dan, you saw the messages. He said, there's no way. He kept defending it, defending it, and defending it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You mean as far as one of somebody within the sport, there's no way they do that? Yeah. That uh, about it being a, a garage court, because we had heard rumor yeah. from, or I had heard rumor via social media that, it was a garage cord. Yeah. Yeah, and he and and Wags's point was there's no way NASCAR came out and said that over over something like this. A garage cord. Yeah, there's there's no way even if it was looking like a noose or whatever it is, they, there's no way that they would incite a riot um, over something like this without doing some investigation first. And, and he was very upset. He. he he was very upset, and a lot of other people were very upset, people of color, that they would come out and they would say something as an as uh, um, um, it, as a as an igniter, because we damn sure don't need anything else to ignite in this in this country as an igniter. When it turned out that it absolutely was was what it amounts to was a pool uh, a, a pool cord on a uh, a pool rope on a on a. He was very hurt. This is what it turned out to be, and and that NASCAR made it seem like it was something a hell of a lot bigger. Well, I I will agree with you that at the original statement should have been, you know, because now you know, I I agree with what you're saying as far as it was played up to be, or it was left up to the imagination, so to speak, of to what it was. And, and left to speculation. And without saying, listen, it was the rope that's for the garage door. It was fashioned in this kind of knot. 
Yeah. Uh, everybody's looked up and down through the whole garage. It was the only one like that. We're looking into this. I, I would say that you're right. They could have done a better job at defining what was going on if they were going to if they were going to give any details at all. Um, I will agree with you there. Um, and perhaps maybe that's why once the FBI investigation came out, why it looked so, for lack of a better term, ridiculous or silly. But the thing it was, it was always that it was always that rope on the garage door. It always was. Now, but again, like I said before, that that forty-three cars a spot or two ahead of points, a spot or two behind points from where they were. We're 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 just we're already talking about uh, a poker doubleheader. You know what I mean? Look at it this way. NASCAR comes out and they put out a press release. By the way, 10 p.m. on a Sunday night seems dumb as fuck to me. I don't, I don't know what they. I mean, I'm not a PR guy by any stretch of imagination, but, but anyways, it comes out extremely late. Um, and and what what if they say, hey, we've been made aware of a situation um, that's 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 happened in the garage, and in this day and time, we're going to do everything to be transparent. We've asked the FBI to come in and to take over. I want to reaffirm our stance on inclusion and equality. And um, in light of that, we are going to assist the FBI with all of our resources, including Brandon Thompson, our new VP of inclusion and equality, to be our law enforcement liaison. And then they shut the fuck up. And then when it comes out, NASCAR says, we are very glad to hear that this was all a misunderstanding. Thankful for the FBI to get involved. Our commitment to inclusion and equality is second to none. I don't know, whatever. And they leave it at that. And now there's no fucking problem from anybody. Everybody's like, shit, look at that. There was one little thing. They weren't sure what happened. They called in the FBI. They had 15 FBI agents down there making sure that there wasn't this shit happening in the garage. That's how serious NASCAR is about this. But nope, they didn't do right. that. That's where they fucked up. That's where everybody is angry. Because you turn on CNN, you turn on Fox, you turn on ABC, all you see is sensationalized news. That's all you see is sensationalized news. And it feels like a sensationalized news story. I don't believe they – I don't know that they meant to sensationalize it. I think they were truly, truly upset about it. But when they put it out like that and not back Bubba up with an apology for the way they had it, it looks dumb as hell. It looks dumb as hell. And they were so close. And, and I know the sport that I love, and I know Steve Phelps and Steve O'Donnell are not bad people. I've talked to Steve O'Donnell at numerous racetracks. He's a great fucking guy. We, I, he's, I don't know Steve Phelps, but everybody, everything I hear from him sounds like he's great. I cannot believe for the life of me why they won't just come out and thank Bubba Wallace and apologize to him and move the fuck on. It's craziness to me. It's absolute craziness to me because it's got everybody looking at us 
like we don't know what the fuck we're doing. Because we said there was a racist in the garage that put a noose in Bubba Walsh's stall. None of that turned out to be true. And it looks like pandering, and that's exactly what it is when you do it that fucked up. And it, it sickens me. It makes me angry. I hurt for Jimmy Wags. I heard for all the people that I that I talked to. I, I, I mean, we're going to Bristol. Uh, Jimmy's bringing his dad, and we're staying in the hotels and all this kind of stuff. And, and Jimmy's going to have to tell all his buddies in Baltimore he's going through a damn NASCAR race right now. I I I I I feel bad. I I, I fucking hurt. It's literally it's literally making me sad, or I want to cry about it because I know Jimmy's pissed. I know he's upset. I know other people are too. I don't want to say their name just because I don't want them to, I don't want to, I haven't asked them permission or anything, but I'm telling you, this is, this is a bad thing for NASCAR and I wish they would come out. If they would even come out, maybe I'll just, I'll just copy Steve O'Donnell and Steve Phelps on this link and say, just fucking apologize to Bubba, please just apologize so we can move the fuck on. But until they do that, it looks bad because it is bad. It is bad. This isn't the way NASCAR is. I know that. Billy, do, do you do you think that NASCAR wanted to do the right thing here? Oh yeah, I 100% believe they wanted to do the right thing, and I, I think, do too. Like just like you said, I think they did the right thing as far as doing what they should have done, and and I agree with you. After all these facts have come out, I think they do owe Bubba Wallace an apology. And his PR, Bubba's own PR people owe him an apology for putting him in this situation. Like you said, I agree. Bubba's not in the state to be going out here and can't arguing with these guys on The View and all of them. That's not his deal, man. He's a race car driver trying to do the right thing. He's a normal human being trying to do the right thing. He has no business being on Don Lemon talking about something like this. I mean, if anybody does, it's Steve Phelps and Steve O'Donnell. Whoever booked him for those two shows are, 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 I mean, listen, I don't even know who they are. I hope they're not his brother or his, his cousin or his, his, his something, whatever. But I, they absolutely did not do him any favors, and I'd fire them if they were mine. But I, I don't know. I don't even know who the hell they are. But I, I, here's what I can tell you. I, I'm upset. I'm hurt. I, I know my buddies are, are hurt and upset about this, and I don't even know what to do except to just tell them, man, I, I'm sorry. I, I don't – I mean, Billy, I don't even want to tell them I, that I, I don't believe that that was the case because I just want to let them all get out. I'm, they've had people tell them that they were wrong for hundreds of years. And, yeah. and all NASCAR has to do is just come out and apologize. Hey, man, you know what? Maybe there is one thing we would do differently. Maybe maybe we would do one thing differently. And, Bubba, we apologize for putting you in a, in, in a spotlight with, with without – we have your back. And, and we appreciate everything you've done, and we're going to listen. We've heard everybody loud and clear. We're listening, and we're moving forward with inclusion and equality. It's over. It's literally fucking over. And everybody win. Everybody wins, especially NASCAR, because they fucking get it right. That's what this whole movement right. is about. That's what this whole movement's about. It, it ain't all of a sudden you know, correcting 400 years of mistreatment or whatever it is. That's not what this is about. This is about stopping the fucking clock today, starting over, listening, understanding where we're coming from, understanding what has to go forward. That's what this whole fucking movement's about. I mean, it's, it's not about Chaz. It's not about Chop. 
This is about racial inclusion and equality. And you don't do that when you don't go and apologize to the guys you put out there on an island by himself. He doesn't deserve that. He deserves much better. I'm not even a fan of Bubba Wallace. I'm a fan of what he did for everything he's done and shared his experience and in, 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 in stepping forward about the flag. I, I'm very happy about that. I'm a big fan of his on that. I, I, NASCAR has lost a lot of my respect the way they handled this thing from the jump street. And they absolutely have. And, I, and listen, I've, I've got a law enforcement background. Uh, I know how you're supposed to investigate um, um, things like this. You can't tell me that NASCAR doesn't investigate shit on a, on a day-to-day basis. You definitely they're investigating stuff that happens uh, at the track. It may not be racial or anything like that, but somebody said something that done something. And uh, I mean, I, listen, the garage is 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 just like the uh, um, the hairdresser place. I mean, all those guys are talking about this, that, and the other thing. Especially when, especially when the uh, um, when the Toyotas are shaking the shit out of their car on the cool down lap to reset all the <laughs> bearings or something in there, you know. Uh, but they they've investigated things before. I, they 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 messed this one up. They might have had good intentions, but they messed it up. And I need them to apologize. I need them to acknowledge it. In this country, if you fuck up and you acknowledge it, and you say you're sorry and you mean it, hey, you're going to get a second chance. That, that that's proven many many times. But I, until I see that, I just I just don't feel good about it. And and I'm and I'm. I'm I'm sick to my stomach, and, and, and all of a sudden now I do want to talk about Pocono because, God damn it, this NASCAR season has been fantastic. I, I really have truly enjoyed this NASCAR season. Even the dud races we have, Billy, they're still entertaining. I mean, you and I live through the call of, car of tomorrow days, for Christ's sakes. So this is definitely not <laughs> car of tomorrow, uh, um, car, car of tomorrow. And our driver was still racing. And our driver, yeah, yeah, and our driver was still racing for Christ's sake. Could you imagine him driving one of these damn slot cars now with the with the draft <laughs> oh, and all that kind of stuff? Uh, I mean, well, we saw what he did with the Xfinity package there uh, in Homestead. I mean, I, he hasn't driven a car in forever. Um, that's a great top ten finish. But we're going to Pocono. That's the place where Rob Lopes went up there in 2014 and uh, swept two races with that 88 team. Um, it's right. a big old wide damn track. Those restarts out there, if they don't get your blood pumping, I don't know what does. By the way, this is also the track, I believe, that Joey Logano famously told Kevin Harvick, we know who wears the fire suit in that family, if I'm not mistaken. I might have been there for that, too. <laughs> yeah. There, there's some good things that happen in Pocono. I, I, it's, a, it's a very – I mean, I think Elliot Sadler took the hardest crash I've, I've seen uh, – I mean, definitely one of the hardest ones up there, but it's a very, it's a yeah. weird, tricky triangle track. There's you always big remember crashes yeah, big crashes. And you all remember how, you know, last year when we found out that they were going to have double hitters up here, Billy, you and I were both going. Uh, we were going. Me, Wags, Johnny A's, we were all going up there and going to party for two days and listen to music and have a good old time. Well, COVID decided they were going to put the, the kibosh on that because we're not doing that shit anymore. But Rob Lowe's. A double header at the same track two days in a row. How in the hell do you prepare for something like that? <laughs> We're gonna find out, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'll I'll give you the nuts and bolts of it. Uh, and the Affinity, just so the Affinity series did a double header in Homestead, uh-huh. and oh, that's right. That's I right. haven't gotten any feedback from it, but it seemed to go okay. 
Um, I do I do recall talking to some people that the guys that had like right side issues, which can very well happen at Homestead, a lot like it happens in Darlington, uh, were there very late fixing their cars. Yeah. Because you it is looked at as just like if you wreck and practice. It's up to NASCAR to say yes, you can pull a backup car out. Yeah. Um and that's what we're going up there with. We're going up there with a under our regular procedure as far as backup cars go, no drive line in it. So you know it's 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 ready to go less drive line. Yeah. No engine, no transmission, no drive shaft, no rear end gear. Um so we're going up there with the intent of car surviving, minimal damage. Race gets over Saturday. We've got, I think, four hours before the garage closes after the race is over to uh, service our cars. And then I think there's another four or four and a half hours. It's one or the other. One's, one's four, one's four and a half. You have a basically, I think, eight and a half hours, maybe nine hours. I think eight and a half hours is what I read to fully service your car. Oh now that could turn into that could turn into hey we need to put a door on this thing we need to put a tail on it we need to do this we need to do that now mind you you still ha- you have to pass tech again yeah. Sunday yeah we're talking you know go through the you know the OSS and you know yeah. and all that the whole deal your car's got yeah you you got to pass just like you came in for another weekend yeah. and um. And so there's, you know, there's going to be a lot of work for some people, and hopefully, you know, it would be great if it's only minor things, little yeah. tire rubs here or there, you know, stuff yeah. like that. You're not putting sides on cars and stuff like that. So anyway, uh, you know, service your brakes, service, uh, you know, check your rear end gear, that sort of thing. Uh, you know, you might put valve springs in it or, or at least lash it or whatever just to make sure your engine's okay. And, you know, reapply some decals. Maybe, you know, you might have to do some stuff like that, some cosmetic stuff. And you just go up there with the attitude of, okay, this is what we have to do. This is what our, this is best case scenario. This is worst case scenario. And you try to make sure you've got your bases covered. They are allowing, I think, two extra people per team, per car number. Yeah. Um, for, for this race. Which, because they they obviously know, NASCAR knows that there's a going to be a lot of work to try to get you know run a car <laughs> yeah. two days in a row and have and have to pass. Now you know you could say, oh geez, you know it's a race car, what's the big deal? Well, when you get failed for something being out, uh, you know, for for a body panel being pushed in or pushed out for a ninety or a hundred thou, yeah. and that's a failure. You know, if it's in the wrong spot. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's a big deal. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, um, so yeah, we're going to – and here again, you, we brought it up earlier, and this has definitely been a learning year for everybody as far as, you know, and we talked about it in podcasts before. Um, we're, we're, writing, we're writing the rule book. We're writing this playbook as we go. Yeah. You know, each week is a you know is a new story, is a new chapter. You know what what's this week going to bring us? You know, we hey we had fans at Homestead, we had fans in uh in Talladega. You know, is there anybody in infield yet? No. Yeah. You know the campers aren't there, stuff like that. There's stuff we're still missing. We're still missing that energy that we're getting from that we get from the people that come to our shows, that come to the races. Yeah. And hopefully we get back to that before the season's over. 
Um, you know, are we missing that? You, Absolutely. It, it's funny you say that, um, Rob Lowe, because I, as the longer this goes, uh, the, the more, Billy, I've heard you know people talk about the fact that it's still weird that there's nobody in victory lane, that there's no not a bunch of campers no. out there. I mean, I, I mean, one of the most fun things when you go to a racetrack, for anybody who's never seen a NASCAR track, one of the most fun things you do is, is you, you drive in there and you see all the campers raising hell. Yeah, I mean, Rob, I, mean, I got to imagine you've seen some crazy camp setups and some cool-ass things in there just for people out there having a good time. I, I feed off of it. I would imagine the race teams do, too. And this was – Pocono was a great camping track. The people go up there in throngs. It's really, really – I said throngs, guys. Uh, it's really, really fun. We heard you. And, uh, <laughs> and you don't have it. But, Billy, I got to tell you something right here, what, what, what I hadn't even really considered was the fact that these guys got eight or nine hours to flip this thing around and go in there. I, I this is exciting to me. I, I, I don't even do that shit. I don't, I don't, I don't work in my own cars. I don't want to do that shit. <laughs> I want to just pay somebody to do it. I just want it to drive. I, but the, the listen to those guys have to go in there and fix that. And, and probably during the race, Billy, somebody's taking notes. Okay. You might want to check that left rear. There's, there might be a, might have to pull that out or do something like that. That's, that's all that adds a whole new element to this thing. That I haven't even thought of or considered. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. I would just assume they would have another backup car to race. You know, to me, that would be the easier thing to do than. But oh, absolutely. I, mean, I get the point, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Believe yeah. me when I tell you, the easiest thing to do is roll another one off the truck. <laughs> and, hey, let's go to the in the morning, boys and girls. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> That's, I, I would much rather have all week to prep two race ready cars. Yeah. Then uh, go race one and cross your fingers and go, God, I hope we don't kill this thing. Yeah, no doubt. God, I hope we don't need to put a side on it at the racetrack or put a tail yeah. on it or whatever, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, so and we'll one see. Good I, race, I, I, think, I think it's going to be pretty awesome. Go ahead, Yeah, go. I agree. Well, you know, I was there at uh, Daytona, I think it was like 2017 maybe, uh, Dale Jr.'s last Daytona 500, and the car didn't pass inspection, Billy, and they had to go and they had to – whittle a little bit of the door um, down in the, in the garage. And, I, I mean, hell, I was nervous as hell. I mean, the guys doing it, they didn't seem to be nervous and all that. I was like, shit, we got we got to hurry the hell up. We got to get through tech. We still got time to go. And so I can't imagine trying to get a whole car up there and, and getting it through. But we got two races, boys. Uh, and and you big. go for, for, for two races. You got a, a winner and a dark horse. Uh, Billy, I don't even mm. remember. Who, 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 uh, who, who came in first there in our – in our thing last week. Do you even know? I didn't even. I, I, hell, I, forgot. I was going to say, I, I did look at it, but hold on. I'm not, I'm I had the 22. Rob had the four and the 19. And um, I think the, uh, I don't even know. You had the 48 and the nine. So, wait a minute. No, no I had, had the. Uh, no, no he, had, he had Roush Racing. Yeah, he had. I'm looking at the wrong notes. Hang on a minute. I got the, I should know this. Um, I thought I picked Joey Logano. And um, I did. I picked Joey Logano, and uh, I don't think I, I don't think I want. Hell, I don't even know where my notes are. Oh, what the hell is this, uh, boys? I don't even have my notes. Um, let's see. Who oh, picked last, first? I think Rob Lowe picked first last time, didn't he? I Billy picked, picked first, first last week. Billy yeah, picked he first. did. What? We yeah. picking two each, or just nope. we doing just Saturday? We're, no, we're we're gonna we're picking two drivers, one winner, one one dark horse for both races. Uh, covers both races, okay. Yeah. 
I think, uh, you know, you're going to see the Chevrolet Power come back. I'm going with Alex Bowman. 88. As a dark wow. horse. because he's pretty good up there. Denny's pretty good up there. Um, Damn it. Um, Hmm. Who else is good up there? Billy Billy took two good picks for up there, too. He did. He did. So the the 19, and I'm going to go with the, the 14th. Man, that's what I was going to take in my dark horse the whole way. All right, so <laughs> I think it's a – I think – I mean, Alex Bowman, I think, and, and the 48 are, are great picks, and, and, and Rob Lopes' 19 is a, is a, is a great pick. I think I, – I, I like Kyle Busch here. I also like uh, any of the Penske cars. Uh, Joey Logano's one here. Ryan, young Ryan Blaney's one here. Uh, uh, Brad Keselowski is, is, can, can run a racetrack like this. I don't see much from the Toyotas. Um, they, they've struggled a little bit, but I, I mean, damn, I, I'm going to take Brad Keselowski the two. I'm going to take Brad Keselowski the two, and I'm going to take the number eight. I think uh, the number eight is a good track for him. Um, it's a wide track. It's a it's a fast track. Uh, he this, he tends to do a little bit you know better on these tracks so far. I've seen, I've noticed, and I think he's going to. I'm and I'm high on this kid. I. Uh, the two drivers that have impressed me the most this year is the eight and um, John Hunter Nemechek. Those those two guys have, I've really uh, in the Cup Series I, I've really started to take notice of, and um, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. I do think that Toyota may have a chance um, Sunday to, to do something. They'll have a chance Sunday. So why don't they run Saturday's race and get some practice time in? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that's a good point. They they might do good. Uh, they might do good on. On uh, on Sunday, maybe not on Saturday, but boy, this is the longest podcast we have ever recorded. Ever, nearly two hundred episodes. It is ten forty-five on a Wednesday night for you boys back in, um, for you boys back on the East Coast. I appreciate you guys, yeah. um, um, hanging in there and and getting this thing out. Rob Lopes, when do you guys take off the Pocono? Um, we're heading up Friday evening. I uh, got two very long days. Well, I shouldn't say very long. Two long days. Saturday and Sunday. Um, obviously, you know, a lot, lot going on. Um, Pocono weather is Pocono weather. There's a chance yeah. of rain, which yeah. it wouldn't be Pocono yeah. if there wasn't. Yeah. Um, it will be weird not having people in the stands there because the people are very passionate when we come yep. to town up there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say as far as us doing a doubleheader, it's probably, this is probably a good choice just for the simple fact is we've always gone there within, what, five weeks of each other? Yeah. yeah. Within or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So a good a good good choice for good choice for a doubleheader. Um so we'll see and we'll see how it goes, you know. We'll uh we're gonna we're gonna learn as we go here. 
I can't wait to, to circle back and to um, figure out how it went from a garage standpoint and get these cars out. I, I, I'm anticipating another good race, Billy. Nothing nothing that's happened this year so far tells me that this is going to be a stinker. I actually think this one's going to be pretty, pretty fun to watch. Uh, I'm very excited to see it. For Rob Lopes, for Billy Bradley, I'm Dado. Uh, you boys have a, a – by the way, um, uh, Billy, let's, we need to let everybody know right now, when are you cooking your next brisket? I want to put that on a calendar and circle. Rack. You think I'm letting you fuckers know? <laughs> I'm just trying to know that uh, probably this weekend. I got to get it down before the 4th of July. Well, let me tell you this. Uh, Rob and I, for all you listeners out there, Rob and I have had a good time talking about when Billy smokes a brisket, his family has pork chops at night. Whenever he puts a brisket on the smoker, his family is going to have pork chops. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> so, I, Billy, we're pulling for you, buddy. Damn. We're hoping pork, pork chops and beef jerky for dinner. <laughs> Homemade beef jerky. That, I'm just kidding, Billy. Billy, I'm just kidding. I'm just yeah. Kidding. Uh, for Rob Lopes, for Billy Bradley, I'm Dan O. Y'all take good. Have, have a good weekend, boys. Hey, right, see you That's guys. Right. Appreciate it.